0: All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really excited today to have Roger Jansen on the show. So Roger's been with Spectrum Health Ventures, the president there, for a while. And uh, you know he has some interesting topics that he wants to talk about. But most importantly, uh, Roger, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Anthony.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for making time. Thanks for being here. Uh, you know, Roger, I love stories. I love origin stories. Tell us a little bit about what led you to become the person you are today.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a long answer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I probably relevant to this story. Um, I was a psychology and biology major in my undergraduate and went on and did my Ph.D. With a, in psychology with an emphasis on clinical and neuropsych. And in that role, what I really began to realize is a lot of people's emotional, uh, social, as well as physical well-being is very much determined by things that we rarely talk about and really don't quite value and appreciate the impact they have on individuals. And so we often get caught up with somebody has to have their hip replaced or a, a heart catheterization, um, but all the factors that led up to that person getting to that point. Somehow we tend to ignore that until the actual injury or illness is set in. And so I became quite interested as a psychologist in what are the uh, both macro and micro levels of influence that drive people's behavior and drive them to make certain choices on the lifestyle and uh, way that they go about living their day. And so that's really led me into a very strong interest into kind of overall population health and uh, social determinants of health. And probably my biggest passion is how do you keep people healthy and well before they express any illness to begin with?
0: Mm -hmm. No, I I love it. I love it. You know, and, and it's something that's so critical on just, you know, all of our lives, too. It's like about mindset, state of mind. You know, it's been so underrated, I think, for so long about health and how, um, people's decisions on a small level on a, on a massive level uh, make a difference in their health you know everything we do is just a is a byproduct of our thoughts right and our thoughts are really yeah. powerful and you know the, uh, the healthcare industry hasn't had enough science and deliberation i think in in carving out people's thoughts and designing people's thoughts for their own health um, so it is an exciting time and you're starting to see the, the the corner turn a little bit with definitely a higher emphasis on on social determinants of health which you know, that the bottom Maslow's hierarchy of needs has been, you know, thought about and considered, but never really actioned upon. So it's a really interesting time, uh, Roger. And I I guess, uh, you know, you're doing some interesting work in this space, and you're seeing a lot of different things happen. What's one or two things that you're really fascinated by in health today, maybe their programs, their initiatives, um, or they're just, you know, phenomenon that's happening in health, just love to hear a little bit more about your passions.
1: Yeah, I think there's really two things, uh, and both of them are uh, related for sure. But one is genomics, and the other is food is medicine. Mm. And so uh, I actually did a bit of work in behavioral genetics for a while, and I was very interested in what predisposes people to mental illness and uh, different addictions. And when you begin to think about our knowledge of where genomics is going, we, uh, for the very first time in human history, have the ability to look literally at the molecular level and understand people's predispositions or uh, not necessarily chances, but potential challenges they may face uh, based upon the genetic code that they're carrying. And so I think once we begin to harness that information, we'll be able to drive much better recommendations and actually help people with things that, you know, otherwise may seem like they're completely determined by social environment or by, um, you know, learning Uh, The other is food, is medicine. I think that we take for granted that what we put in our body actually matters. And um, I think, you know, the body has a pretty good idea what to do with a grape, but it probably has no idea what to do with a Dorito. Right. And so when you eat that Dorito and people start feeling inflammation or headaches or nausea or, you know, sleepiness or even anxiety... We forget that a lot of what we're putting in us is determining the world that we're experiencing. And so I think when we begin to understand social determinants going forward, we're going to realize understanding where people are from a genomics perspective and understanding how and what they're putting in their body is driving their life uh, in much bigger ways than we anticipated, both due to the microbiome, as well as due to the simple fact that many of the neurotransmitters developed, you know, to cause anxiety or depression. Actually, originate in our gut, and without the right food and nutrients. So, I love it. Those are some of the things, yeah. So those are some of the things that I'm really passionate about right now. That, until 2019, you know, been really limited in our ability to take a look at what that means. Um, the other thing I'm fascinated about related to this is how does the country actually tackle this issue? Because, as a healthcare executive, what I've seen is that. Almost every health system in the country, as unique as we think we are, are really challenged with the same mission and have many of the same opportunities, but we tend to think only in our own little marketplace, in our own little region, and so I'm really fascinated how can we bring all different parts of the health ecosystem from payers and providers and innovators and entrepreneurs and venture capitalists together to actually begin to tackle these problems in a very disciplined and organized fashion. Versus what I think is fairly one-off and haphazard at this point in time. So I'd say those are the three things right now, Anthony, that have gotten me um, pretty energized about where things are and it could go.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Kind of on a on – hope. A, this is probably a silly question, but I, I've gotten – re if, talking about food as medicine and food as prescription and, and the confusion that we put in our bodies by not giving it natural food. Um, I, I've, I've become re-obsessed with smoothies like <laughs> over the past week and I was doing too many of like the green vibrance powders and like, you know, shortcutting like the actual like kale, any special smoothie recipes. I can imagine you must be like a smoothie recipe connoisseur, <laughs> or maybe you're, uh, you're just like, no, no, no. I just, I just eat the salad or I just go straight for the, the chard and just eat it like a <laughs> No, I, <laughs> like yeah.
1: no, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm definitely not a, uh, de- definitely not a cook, you <laughs> have those made for me, but they're usually somebody else's doing, so uh-huh. I'm not the guy to ask, but um, yeah, we do forget though things like uh, green leafy vegetables are, you know they contain so many uh, nutrients that are precursors to actually forming serotonin in the gut well, and without enough serotonin, we tend to get anxious and depressed, and when we're anxious and depressed we can't focus and we can't work out, you know have the energy to do the right things so again, there's little things that forget that there's a reason um, that, you know, eating that fried cheeseburger or that donut um, has more than just a physical effect on you, it has a psychological and emotional effect as well. Right. So I'd I'd agree with you that, you know, looking at the smoothies and making sure you're not shortcutting and getting much more to as close to where nature provides is probably the best thing for how your body's going to respond.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've been experimenting around with some new some newer smoothie recipes coming back to like the yogurt, just, you know, throwing some chard in the smoothies, you know, raspberries, blueberries, you know, some protein powder, and uh, I I feel so much better. I've gotten away from like those natural organic kale and chard, you know, (laughs) based smoothies. Um, But uh, on the genomic side, uh, just a question for you. So a lot of people. Um, you know, we're mentioning a lot about like genomics and CRISPR. Do you see your do you are, Do you see ourselves like as a human race, like during this lifetime, being able to influence our own genomics in in, in beyond food, beyond just being aware of our genomics and what we're sensitive to, but being able to adapt? Uh, you know, from a clinical perspective, some of the shortcomings we may we may have. Uh, and if so, like, how do you see that playing out? And do you see insurance be, becoming a factor? You know, so say there is a biomarker in us that it's not just a matter of being sensitive to it, but is, do you see like treatments out there saying, you know, hey, we're going to do this this type of therapy. I know some of that's going on right now, but it doesn't feel like the knowledge about that is is very uh, consumerized yet.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to see a time when we can do all those things. I mean, mm-hmm. you're already beginning to see it. The the question is going to become one of ethics, right? Right. You know, there's the ethical question of, let's say we could wipe out, I don't know, you name whatever it is you want from a genomics perspective. Right. Um, The question will become, is it ethical to do it? But the other question will become, is it ethical not to do it? Right. And so if you can prevent disease from actually, you know, aggregating and expressing itself, Maybe the question becomes, why wouldn't we do it now? I do think you're going to get into questions about designer babies and yeah. all these other things that just are not, you know, frankly, a natural discussion point for um, us to have right now. Right, so it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. I, it's greater minds than myself will certainly have to struggle with that. Um, but I do believe you are entering an era that some other countries are already doing things. That you know, the United States obviously we don't uh, we we have laws against doing from a genomics perspective. But I, I, I see alterations already taking place in certain parts of Asia, mm-hmm. and certain you know designer quote unquote ideas coming uh, from people about what they can do to extend life as well as ex- you know select different traits. Uh, so now, do you it's, think we're going to enter it's a very really fast time?
0: Yeah, it's, it's very fascinating, Roger. It's like, you know, we've got the United Nations, we've got, you know, military, we've got, you know, firm boards and, and organizations around certain things around our, our world, the environment, and it, it seems like there needs to be some sort of just, you know, more uh, sophisticated macro decisioning to determine, you know, like what what is acceptable from a society standpoint and the implications of, you know, if you uh, remove the ability for people to get diabetes or, or this, or to, to be obese or to have insane cravings. How does that affect certain things in industries? You know, and I can imagine, you know, CPG industries probably wouldn't be super happy about that. Right. But, um, yeah. but it's, it's, it's fascinating. There's so many moving parts. Who, can you do it? Who does it? Who decides? Should we do it? What input, impo- what good or bad can happen over the next 10, 30, hundred years based on it? it's pretty, pretty fascinating. Um, but, uh, Roger, let me ask you about, so you see a lot of things, you've, you've, you've done a lot of things in healthcare. Um, and where do you, where do you see the future of healthcare going? What's the future of health? According to Roger, love to hear like your vision and what you see happening. A lot, a lot of pieces in place, right? Technologies, um, you know, coming back to holistic elements, technologies, uh, provider payer models that are innovative. Um, you know, evolving of our understanding of how to address social determinants of health. But I'd love to just hear how it all comes together in your mind, and just you know, feel free to obviously pick a time frame. Just love to love to hear that. Yeah,
1: yeah I think it's a great question. Um, you know, if I had a crystal ball and I could look in the future, I think that what we're going to find is uh, healthcare that we're accustomed to hasn't changed much. As a matter of fact, if we had a time machine and we could go back 50 years, besides the decor, you might feel like you're in the exact same experience that you've been in. You walk into a room, you tell somebody you're there, you wait, you go out into another room to go into another room to wait again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all focused right now around illness or injury. And I believe the future of healthcare needs to move towards prevention and wellness. Um, If you take a look at what we can do around that space now, uh, our model is not rewarded for keeping people healthy and well. We only get paid when people are hurt or sick. And so if I see a future world, I think that the baby boomer generation is starting, you know, regularly hitting retirement age every day. And one of the problems is most people won't either have two things that you need to really enjoy retirement. One is enough funding. Right. And two is the health and well-being to actually enjoy it. Right. And so when we start to really think about what have we done here, I think we're going to find what we've built is a system that is one that's very reactive versus proactive and very interventionalist versus versus on a preventional side. So as I envision healthcare going forward, I think knowledge about one's physical condition and state will be much better through wearables and ingestibles and implantables Mm -hmm. and genomic knowledge and knowledge of how and what you ate is affecting you on a daily basis. And there are, I think, around 400 sensors in every vehicle that's produced today. They tell you if your gas is too low, your oil's too low, your air pressure's about to go out, your windshield wiper fluids low, no fluid. right. we don't have any of that insight with human beings, but it's right. available. Right. And so I think the ability to start utilizing that information, streaming that information, using big data to capture rhythm and insight, either one to capitalize on staying healthy, or two, to tell us that you're showing, you know, hey, eighty-four percent of people who have these readings within two weeks developed, I don't know, name it, pneumonia or had a heart issue. That's the type of insight that we can pull together if we begin to collaborate as a country. If we tend to think of our own health system as a competitive force in a market where it needs to own market share, we'll continue to be locked into a model where it's about capturing inpatient and outpatient volumes versus trying to make sure those volumes don't actually even have a role in the future of healthcare, beyond we know people who get sick and hurt and gotta do a great job when they're there, but there's so many things that are preventable and such better ways for us to live our lives than spending, you know, out of the 525,600 minutes in a standard calendar year, 12 of those are spent inside of a hospital or a doctor's office. That means life happens and health happens outside of that office. We need to find a way to make that more meaningful and understandable by people. so. Where I think things are going is to prevention and wellness, and I think the uh, payment system needs to catch up, and I think the health systems need to catch up, and that we need to utilize our knowledge to better take care of people versus uh, and keep them well versus treating them when they're sick.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. No, I I appreciate this, uh, Roger. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm right there with you that we're marching towards that future, you know, for sure. So uh, so thank you for illustrating that. Um, Roger, let me ask you. Um, or I guess I have one more question for you. And before I do, I guess what's a good way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they would like to engage with you?
1: Yeah. So my email is Roger R o g e r dot Jansen J a n s e n at thehealtheco.com. dot com. So the health eco dot com. And what that is, it's a uh, a new code that uh, we haven't officially made public yet. That will be launched uh here nationally in the next six weeks or so uh we'll be making some announcements on that but we really are trying to bring all different components of health ecosystem together to really solve some of the problems that uh we all face but we're either undercapitalized or don't have the competencies or don't have the liquidity or other reasons that we can't just do it alone so i think the future of healthcare has a very strong collaborative focus on it
0: i love it i love it roger yeah i know this is great um my my last question is more about you know your your own well-being you know obviously you're in a demanding industry you probably have to keep the engine running uh you know we talked about you know nutrients and smoothies but what's one thing from a from a routine maybe it's a daily or weekly routine standpoint that really works for you these days
1: yeah it's pretty simple um it's a walk in the woods every mm. day um mm. so Some interesting psychological research came out uh, probably a year ago or now, and they actually looked at people across the globe and found the happiest times reported were when people were in nature. And I don't think that's coincidental. I think there's something that uh, ancestrally, that's a part of where we're from, and that's our comfort zone. And so getting away from the, the coffee shop, the computer, the TV screen, the movie theater, the mall, the beach with thousands of people, and just... Taking a walk alone in the woods for me is something that uh, helps bring perspective and brings me back to a little bit more of kind of that, uh, lack of a better term, that balanced area that I need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah. So many people, um, you know, it's coming back to the simple things, you know, returning to nature and just connecting with nature and just being out. You know, it's we have so many awesome things in health going on, but you know, nothing's going to change that, right? The need for that yeah. and, and how, how awesome that is. And so uh, Roger, this, this was great. Thank you for sharing your story, your passions, your vision of the future. And obviously, you know, some advice here on, you know, something that works for you on, on, on a personal wellbeing standpoint. Um, so this was great. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Um, And to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for people that have a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Roger, again, thank you so much. This was great.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, Anthony.
0: Thank you.